Hi, welcome back to the Teens Talk podcast. I'm Amber. And I'm Georgie. We are being joined by a very special guest today, Zanna Martin. Yeah, um, I'm an activist in our community. I try to be involved in as much as possible. I actually met Amber at a climate strike last year. Last year. And I'm also really passionate about music and performing arts. That's really great. What did your rise into activism look like? Like, what encouraged you to be active in your community? Um, my great-grandma was a big influence on me because she was a big activist growing up. She used to work um, in, like, unions. Um, so she was a big activist for, like, women's rights, nurses' rights, um, everything like that. And she just told me a lot of great stories over the years. And just encouraged me to speak up with and use my voice to do good and encouraging my peers to do the same. That's really cool. What was her name? Oh, my grandma's name is Judy. Um, yeah, she used to work for Saskatchewan Union of Nurses. She's pretty awesome. That's really cool. What issues are you passionate about, about activism? Um, I'm really passionate about LGBTQ rights, women's rights, um, I'm a climate activist. Yeah. Do you want to expand on, like, why you think those issues are so important? Um, I think it's really important that everybody be treated equally, no matter what their skin color is, their sexual orientation, their gender, anything like that. I think everyone deserves equal opportunities to just be the best they can be. And I'm oh yeah, and I'm really passionate about climate because I think that we need to have a world in the future, a nice planet that we can actually, you know, pass on to our kids and our grandkids that they can live on and do their best on. That was really well said. Um, why do you think you should play an important role in future decision making? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I think it is my opinion that like every vote matters, and I think every teens should start thinking about, you know, what their opinions are and where they stand and how they want to use their vote. Because um, I think everybody has an opinion and that all of them should be heard. Because if we're just listening to, you know, one side of the conversation, we're not going to get a very great outcome. Yeah, I really agree. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Does, like, your current, like, activism issues that you're passionate about do you think that feeds into like what you want to do like when you're older or um absolutely I want to work in law because yeah I'm passionate about doing what's right and I want to be able to have an influence on I guess how that works and whether or not people are being treated fairly yeah what advice do you have to anyone who's listening right now that wants to be involved in something but doesn't really know where to start or what to do? Um, just keep your eye out. Look on social media because I know that the climate strike has their own social media. And just, yeah, reach out to people in your community and don't be scared because it's like really not that scary. The community for, I know, climate strikes is very inviting mm-hmm. and just do whatever you can and don't feel like you have to do more as long as you're trying. Yeah, that was very well put. I know the like, striking community and stuff is very uh, inviting and welcoming. Have you had any, like, negative, like, outside kind of stuff go on? 
Um, not that I can think of. We've had a couple, like, anti-protesters at the few rallies that I've been to. Yeah. But everything's been actually, like, just generally a very positive environment. And you always see, my favorite part about going to climate strikes is that when people go up to speak, there's people my age, there's people, there's high school students, there's adults, there's even like some like five, six and seven year olds. And every, yeah, like all Andrages come up and they share their story and why they're there. And it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I know like when I'm at the rallies, a really like encouraging and inspiring thing is seeing like there's like a four year old who goes up and it's like, save my planet. And then you have professors um, who study like uh, climate science who are talking about like the facts and um, how we can help which is really great um, what kind of encouraged you to start public speaking like being one of those speakers at the climate strikes um I've always been generally a very I guess opinionated person um I talk a lot <laughs> and um I was I've always been like the kid in class that speaks up or raises my hand first public speaking comes pretty naturally to me. And then, um, yeah, I also had a lot of friends who went with me to the climate strike that were didn't want to go up and share their opinion, but they had really strong um, voices and things that they wanted to share. And so I took the opportunity to share my story and their story for them. Um, when I have heard you speak, you're always really good. And one of the things that's always kind of stuck with me is... Um, how like strongly you believe we should be able to like develop our own futures and not necessarily listen to what is being told by our the adults in our lives. Um, do you want to like elaborate on that? Um, of course. So yeah, that's really important to me. Um, I grew up, my parents are very supportive um, in pretty much anything I do. I'm very blessed in that realm. And I kind of got to make my own boundaries and my voice was always taken into consideration when making choices. And that made me who I am today. And I think it's very important that kids get to do that both in their own lives and just in the world in general, because we have to live in it. Yeah, um, it really is like our future that is being sculpted right now. And um, a lot of the people that are in charge of like deciding um, what's happening are not going to really be alive to see what that future turns out to be. So I really think that um, it's very important that we have a role and that we can speak up with those issues. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you want to talk about that we maybe haven't asked you? Um, I don't think so. I would just say... Um, yeah, if you're interested in coming to a climate strike or you want to um, be more present on social media or do anything like that, don't be scared to do it because I know it seems really intimidating um, trying to get into activism and it's not as scary as it seems. Yeah, um, all of the activism communities that I've worked with have been very welcoming and if you are interested in doing something, I really recommend you just like go for it because the worst thing that can happen is that it doesn't work out. And if it doesn't work out, that's okay. You can move on to like your next idea or the next thing that kind of pops into your mind. I've had plenty of activism ideas that just 
didn't really work, but I've learned a lot from those and I've got connected with a lot more people who are passionate about the same things. So, um, yeah, I would really recommend that. So, um, again, about like the climate issues, what do you do in like your everyday life to try to, um, help the climate? Um, we recycle as much as we possibly can, paper products, plastic products, etc. Um, I try to walk to as many places as I can, which is very convenient for me living in cathedral, um, that I can just like walk to my friend's house instead of driving for two minutes for no reason. <laughs> and I also try to, um, carpool as much as I can. If all of our friends are going to a climate strike and maybe somebody lives farther away, We'll pick them up rather than, you know, all of us taking five different cars to go to the same place. Yeah, that's really good. Um, do you want to also elaborate on the community surrounding the climate strikes? Like, what kind of people have you met, um, etc. I guess, yeah. Oh, yeah. So everybody in the climate strike community is, like I said previously, really kind and inviting. I met Amber at one of my first climate strikes. Um yeah, you can pr- go up to, it seems very intimidating, but you can go up to pretty much anyone there and just introduce yourself, ask them why they're here, um, you know, and just have a good, solid conversation with like-minded people. It's, um, yeah, very enjoyable and also kind of helpful if you're kind of confused about what to do next, what your next steps can be. It's um, a great experience. Yeah, the community at Climate Strikes, it's always super welcoming. Um and everyone there like is there for a reason and even if like you're not super passionate about the climate I just really encourage you to come on out after of course quarantine is over um I really do encourage you to come out and just talk to someone new and learn something new because all of the people there um not all of them are youth but the majority of them are and it's really inspiring to see um, how many people are, like, doing everything that they can to make our future a really better place to live in. Have you ever, like, gone up to somebody and heard something very inspiring from that person that left you speechless or left you kind of... <laughs> Oh, um, so many times. There was, in particular, at, um, one of the largest climate strikes, I believe it was in may last year amber i don't know if you remember yeah but we had one. like the yeah. door of the ledge to the pa- edge of the pa- pavement completely filled it was amazing and there was this one student from martin who came up and he was so energetic and um he shared his story and he had a couple friends who came from out of town and their signs were um dr seuss based <laughs> yeah it was um they they had the same passion i did and their wording they worded everything that they were passionate about really well and their call to action, I think, um, really affected people in the audience that other than just me, of course. <laughs> yeah, um, I remember that. They were really amazing. Who besides, like, your grandmother, um, like, maybe some, like, celebrities, or not necessarily celebrities, but, like, what activists have inspired you? Um, obviously, I'm a big fan of Greta because... Um, how can you not? She's just like so incredible. And my favorite thing about her is that she takes absolutely no um, crap from anybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she um, stands her ground. She's firm. She won't um, 
laugh through the awkwardness and give up her power, which I think is just absolutely incredible. I'm also a big fan of um, Jamila Jamil from The Good Place. Um, I follow her on Instagram, and I also follow her um, activism page at iWay, which talks about um, diet culture. Uh, her voice is also really powerful, and I share a lot of her opinions. Um, do you want to express maybe a little more about how you feel about diet culture and body positivity? Yeah, um, I think that diet culture is such like a weird thing that it even exists, and it has a really negative effect on a lot of young girls' images that it just doesn't need to have. Um, I also think that like detox teas and other similar products that are being advertised to get you skinny in 30 days are really unhealthy. And also the fact that there aren't more regulations on those kinds of things is very dangerous because they're just not, they're not only do they not work, but they're also not good for your body. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think that people who exploit young girls insecurities for money it's just disgusting to me I think that um we need to stop kind of like focusing around like the diet culture and focus more on like feminism I guess because I have never met a girl who has never felt insecure like all of us have it's not um something that like you're the only one going through and I feel like often it does feel like you're alone and, like, you're the only one who's feeling insecure about those things. But everyone is. And I feel like we should focus more around that and focus and, like, maintaining a community rather than trying to separate everyone based off of things that don't really matter. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you were talking earlier about, like, LGBTQ plus rights and feminism. Um, like, what are some big things that you do to try to um, push those beliefs, I guess. Um, I have been, since it started at my school, a really big part of the GSA. Um, I go to Connaught and we have, one, I believe, one of, if not the biggest GSAs in the city. And uh, we host a Pride Week um, every year since the GSA has started, where we have different rainbow-based activities. We sell Pride merch supporting local companies like Trans Umbrella, and um, it's been a really generally positive experience, and I've enjoyed um, being a part of planning these sort of things so much, and I believe um, one thing is a lot of people will say that, um, you know, kids are too young, or if you introduce kids to these concepts early, they won't understand, and I've seen firsthand that that's just not true. I was in charge of giving the presentations explaining what is pride last year. And I got a couple questions and a couple kids who didn't really get it. But for the most part, everybody understood by the end. Um, they understood why we have pride. They understood the unfair treatment of people who are different and how that's not okay. And they also just enjoyed the fun week that we had planned for them and the rainbows and the music. It was a great time. Yeah, um, my teacher, Georgie and I's um, teacher, he is the founder of, or the founder of the GSA at our school, and he showed our class a video about what it means to be gender non-conforming, and me and Georgie had to explain a lot of things, not because 
um, the kids in our class weren't trying to be supportive just because it's such like a foreign concept that really isn't introduced at a young age. And I know that people say that it can't, that it could be confusing and maybe it could, but I think a lot more it could be comforting to the kids that um, don't really know what label to call themselves. And um, a label is something that I think is not needed, but it can be very comforting to be able to say, I'm that and there's other people that are that too. Yeah, really well said, Amber. Um, about feminism, have you done any issues um, for that, I guess? Um, I haven't been involved as much as I would like to with that. I'd say I'm more um, <laughs> a bit of a selectivist on that one. <laughs> My goal is to be a bit better there. But I do definitely, I follow a lot of communities online with that same um, idea of like body positivity and that women should be treated equally no matter what the situation not and the really important thing i think with that is that feminism is not the idea that women are greater than men it is the idea that women are equal to men and should be treated as such yeah i've heard <laughs> lots of people um like when i say openly that i am a feminist i know that there are lots of people who kind of quickly jump to the, like the oh i'm a man that does that mean that you hate me and it's no not at all um <laughs> It's just that I believe that we should be equal, which I don't think is too outlandish. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, so, like, even I recommend with, like, feminism, if you're not, like, getting necessarily involved and you're being a bit of a slacktivist, that is totally okay. I really recommend you just following the, like, accounts on Instagram or whatever that inspire you and sharing the messages that they um, promote. Because even just like posting it on your Instagram story or telling a friend about it can really make the world of a difference when like everybody does that. What was your first experience like really early on with activism? Um, oh, that's a hard question. I can't remember the first time I like did anything. But my first experience with, like, the talk of equality and that, like, not everybody in the world had the same views that I do and that some people think that, like, other people are lesser than them was um, I watched CNN with my grandma, which is um, interesting always. But I remember sitting down one day and asking and seeing these images of, like, people that are homophobic or people that are racist and I was just like I asked my grandma I'm pretty sure straight up like why is that a thing why don't they just be nice to other people and she sat me down and explained to me that not everybody thinks the way that we do and not everybody thinks that everybody should be treated the same and little I was probably about six or seven and I was like are you kidding me that's horrifying yeah it is like a pretty scary concept especially when you are so young that um even if you have like the same abilities or even like greater abilities than someone um like when you do get older and like when it comes to employment it could just simply be like the breaking factor is your gender or your race or your sexuality um which is 
yeah, really such a terrible thing. And it really divides us so much when we really should just be coming together as a community, as I've said before, um, because those things don't really matter. Like at the end of the day, like you're just kind of like the person that you are on the inside and what's on the outside doesn't really like um, matter too much. Do you, um, I know that earlier you talked a little bit about like mental health. Do you have anything else to say about that? Um, yeah, so that's something that um, is also really important to me because it affects a lot of people in my life. And um, I think that the main thing with that is, um, first of all, I'd like to say that I'm very proud that mental health education in schools is getting a lot better. It's slowly but surely getting there, which is really nice to see. But I think that a lot of people think that it doesn't exist or you're making it up or I, you're not bleeding, you're not in any pain, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think that it's not that mental illnesses are more common today, although to a degree they are. It's more so that um, because we talk about them, more adolescents, adults, even like people in their like 40s and 50s have the courage to come out and say, I don't think I'm totally necessarily quote unquote normal. And I think that that word in and of itself is just strange that we have a concept of what's normal when everybody's different. And I think that we're getting there on mental health issues, which is great. Um, yes. Also with like what you said about not that it's like more common now, it's just that people aren't afraid anymore to like come out and say it. I feel like that's often said with like um, LGBTQ plus issues is that like, oh, it's just like a trend. It's a passing phase, but it's always been there. It's just now a lot more like opening to be able to say, um, to like come out. And like with mental health issues, I know a lot of people who are like quite a bit older that have been trying to like hide the fact that they are not normal. Um, and it's really kind of, yeah, like you said, about accepting that no one is um, and that that's okay. Um, another thing around mental health um, is kind of the belief that is put into our minds from a very young age that therapy and asking for help is like a bad thing. Um, like you often hear in media, not so much anymore, but I remember like definitely as a child hearing in media about um, like, oh, they're crazy, they had to go to a therapist or something like that. And I think it's also about normalizing, um, asking for help because everybody yeah. needs help sometimes. That, that's exactly it. Because I know that um, for me, generally all of the people, and I guess you could say my bubble, are very accepting and they share a lot of my views. But I know sometimes I'll meet someone new and they're a really good person in general, but they don't quite share my views. They don't quite get it. And it's always, it really is very surreal and kind of insane to me that there are people that think that it's 
not okay to ask for help when you're in trouble or that, you know, you're different. You're not allowed to do this or do that or hang out at my lunch table. And like, yeah, it's crazy to me. Yeah. Um, I think like if someone had like a broken leg, would you tell them, no, you're fine. You don't need to go to the doctor. No, you'd probably rush to their aid and do everything in your power to help that person. And I think that it should be similar to mental health, not that that person needs to become your whole focus, but you should like encourage that person to go and ask for help and like help them in any way to receive that help. Um, what was your first like time that you went to a strike or uh, acted on activism? My first experience would have been about this time last year. Um, one of my really close friends had found out about it through her parents and, um, she wanted more people from my school to come, but she's a lot quieter. So she asked me because like I said, I'm very, um, outspoken to help spread the word. And so, um, she made posters and stickers and buttons and I helped hand them out. And the first climate strike we went to only three or four kids from my class went, but now on average, at least half of the class is gone and it's pretty great yeah it's really inspiring how even like just getting a few kids from your school to go really adds up because I know when I'm at climate strikes there's so many Connaught kids there because of um what you did so yeah I think like really what we need to start teaching young children is that you're never too young or too small to make a difference Um, because, like, that's what Greta was told, like, most of her life, and look at her now, like, she's speaking at, like, presidential, like, campaigns, and, like, traveling around the world, and, like, in conversations with, like, a lot of our world leaders, which is pretty, like, um, wild to think about. So do you have anything else that you want to add? Um... Yeah, so I think that we mentioned slacktivism a couple of times. I think the the idea surrounding um, slacktivism, for those of you who don't know, is sort of the idea that you're just reposting a picture and never thinking about it again. And maybe you think, oh yeah, it'd be good if I recycled, but it's not something that you practice in your everyday life. I think that, yeah, slacktivism and just kind of like, or quote unquote, Instagram activism gets a lot of bad rap. And that's, oh, there we go. Perfect. Sorry, I got distracted. So yeah, I think Instagram activism and quote-unquote slacktivism gets a lot of bad rep. But as long as you're mindful of what you are sharing and you take it into consideration and also that you're sharing from reputable sources with um, valued opinions, then I think that, yeah, there's nothing wrong with reposting something on Instagram or with sending something to a group chat and being like, hey, this is really, this is a really cool movement. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that often gets um, a lot of, like, a bad rep, because um, for most people, it seems like you're not actually doing anything to address that problem. But I think, like, the biggest power that the youth today have is our voice, and that we are able to go online and say something and have it really make a difference. And... 
I really like to take advantage of that and share as much as I can about the issues that I'm passionate about because um, that really can make such a big difference even if you're just sitting on your couch um, like sharing something that you got sent from like a group chat. Well, thank you for um, coming and being interviewed. It was a lot of fun and I hope that um, we can do this again. Thank you for listening. Okay, well, I'll see you next episode. And yes, thank you. Hi, I'm Amber, and you are listening to another episode of Teens Talk. Um, today I am joined by Vaishnavi, and she's going to talk a little bit about feminism and period poverty. So first off, I just want you to introduce yourself. So your name, pronouns, where you're from, and what you're interested in. Okay. Hi, so my name is Vaishnavi and I'm 16 years old. I'm from India and I go by she, her. And I'm the co-founder and executive director of Simply Gen Z. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. When did you become interested in activism? So when I saw a lot of uh, organizations, most of them were based in the United States and I did not find any organization based near my city or in my local area. So I thought I got inspired by a lot of different organizations raising their voice and spreading more awareness about global issues, which I feel is very, very important because we as future generation, we have this voice and because of social media, we're fortunate enough to voice our opinions and we do have all the resources. So why not use the resources to do something good? And that is why I started this. Wow, that's awesome. What does feminism mean to you? For me, in my eyes, I see feminism as equality and not just, uh, it is not about superiority that women are greater than men and they are equal. I feel that women should get opportunities, equal opportunities like men, but they should not be superior to men. So like we should work towards superior, we should not work towards superiority and we should instead work towards equality. Yeah, that's really, really well said. Um, you mentioned earlier that you've been in lockdown for six months. You've barely been able to step out of your home. Yeah. So how have you continued to advocate during COVID-19? So this idea was born during August and we are very new. So there's not a lot of time that we've put into this. But since the past few months, we've been working on this. And because of the lockdown, there are some restrictions, but we are making the best use of it. And we are just doing it how we can and with the best possible resources. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, feminism is a lot of times about girls supporting girls. Um, and that's sometimes in it. So how could girls support girls better? So girls can support girls. I feel like by empowering each other and by not putting each other down. I mean, like we can help each other. We can talk to each other and not develop any negative feelings for each other. We should uplift other women instead of downlifting them, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Um, so what is period poverty for those who don't know? Period poverty is basically lack of resources and lack of knowledge. When someone does not have 
enough knowledge about menstruation or enough resources to uh, have all the hygienic resources that is period poverty uh, many times people don't have uh, proper resources when they menstruate because of financial conditions or lack of knowledge and because of that period poverty grows yeah um i forget what the exact statistic is but i remember it was like one in four women has had to stay home because they didn't have enough money yeah, yeah. to buy um, period products for themselves, which is very, um, very, I don't know, I find that pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah, me too. How could we put more of a stop to period products? So we can, what we can do is we can support, there are many non-profit organizations working for this cause and we can do our bit by donating them or we can also try volunteering if that's possible we can donate we can volunteer and we can spend more awareness through social media and just talking to it locally and talking to your friends your family etc how did you start simply gen z so we started simply gen z uh, like a month ago and it was very impulsive and we just did it in like a week or so so when I saw, when I got the idea of actually starting Simply Gen Z, I contacted my friend and she was also pretty interested. So we thought, why not start? And we became co-founders and we started Simply Gen Z. We saw a lot of organizations doing really great work out there. And in our local area, we did not find any examples. And we felt that here there is a lack of knowledge and awareness and students my age, don't know about a lot of global issues and they don't even try to learn about them. So I felt the lack of knowledge and awareness, especially in my area and my locality. So we thought of starting something for us and something for Gen Z specifically. That's really what, awesome. <laughs> um, what effects does not having the right knowledge have on you or your friends or anyone around you that you when someone does not have proper knowledge, you can sometimes say a lot of insensitive things left me. That, uh, you can just give vague answers and I don't know, sometimes your actions may not be on purpose, but they can offend, offend someone. And I feel that we should try to be more aware of our actions and what we speak out there because it is very important. And we should not try to offend someone, we should have proper knowledge. And yeah. Why did you want to be an activist? So I really wanted to uh, voice my opinions because I had very strong opinions and I had no way of uh, saying that out to someone. And I feel that this is the way I can share my story and my voice with the world. That's really, really awesome. Yeah. What is the hardest part of being a feminist slash activist? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the hardest part about being is initially gaining more knowledge about this topic and before saying anything, it is important to be aware and gain knowledge. So firstly, it is important to gain knowledge and then speak because you need to be aware of your actions and what you are saying. Yeah. Um, really, yeah, that's really true. Um, who was your biggest inspiration when starting Simply Gen Z and starting to get involved in feminism? 
फॉर मी माई इंस्पिरेशन वॉज नॉट लाइक अ पर्सन और समथिंग वेन आई सॉ अ लॉट ऑफ डिफरेंट ऑर्गेनाइजेशन एंड चिल्ड्रेन ऑफ माई एज डूइंग समथिंग लाइक दिस आई वॉज प्रिटी इंस्पायर्ड बाय देम कलेक्टिवली एंड नॉट जस्ट लाइक अ वन पर्सन और वन बॉडी दे ऑल इंस्पायर्ड मी टू डू समथिंग and all these organizations that work for activism feminism and many such issues are role models and really inspire me to do something great yeah that's really um that's really amazing um how do you think activism looks different in india than um the us or canada in india uh, there is a lot of illiteracy and lack of knowledge so even in my school or even even my peers they they lack knowledge about certain issues and specifically about global and current issues they lack knowledge about it and that is why there are no movements or if even if there are any movements there is no participation actively from the youth so that needs to change i feel and there are some there are in india some parts some people are doing really good things but Uh, still youth is not actively participating in it and i feel that there should be more awareness and the youth should start participating because in india we have like the largest number of youth and there's no use if the youth is not investing time in something good and doing something to develop our world and make the world a better place yeah i that was really well said yeah do you think that schools could be teaching kids about activism and feminism um i feel like kids should be taught about such topics they should know about such terms and they should not be left uneducated about this so there should be a, a awareness about them they should be taught about different things yes yeah um for sure why do you feel that so many girls are ashamed of having their period um so in india we have a lot of stigma related to periods and you can't just openly go out and even talk to your dad about periods so that is very annoying to me and i don't know why but a lot of girls are very shy about talking to even other girls about their periods so they just don't talk about it openly and they are really really ashamed of periods because it is considered we are considered impure here so when we get our periods we are supposed to stay away for 5 days and in many cultures there are different tra- traditions and stuff so every family has different cultures and every family practices different things and most of the families here practice like um, they consider women impure and they do not let women come near them or go near them so it's a lot of stigma here Yeah, wow, that is very um very different from the US and Canada. Obviously, there's still so much stigma here, but um it's definitely not really to that extent. But even here we also do not get uh resources. Everyone does not get resources on uh people who are educated and well financially. they can afford to get some resources and like sanitary napkins and stuff but people from a uh, lower people from lower financial backgrounds are unable to get uh, menstrual hygiene and they even don't know about this topic and then at last they are ashamed and girls even don't go to school when they get their periods so 
Wow, yeah. Um, how could periods be a bit more normalized? Um, I feel that but we can normalize periods by talking more about them, by educating kids at a younger age. Because here what I've seen is boys typically make jokes out of periods and they don't consider this seriously. And even in schools, there is no such effort to teach boys also about this and to educate them also. So I feel that everyone should be educated about this. And once everyone no, uh, get, starts talking about this, then it can be a little bit more normalized. Yeah, for sure. Um, what are some tips that you want that you would give someone who wants to um, share their story, get involved with activism? Um, to get involved, you can volunteer with a lot of different organizations, or you can even start your own. You can do your bit by supporting these organizations, or you can also like share your story, or even share about them. Uh, through social media and just be a part yeah that was really well said um so you are the f- co-founder of simply gen z so um yeah. what was the hardest part of starting simply gen z initially it was very very tough to reach out to people and when we started Simply Gently, we did not have like a base of audience. Uh, we did not ha- even have an audience at the beginning. But slowly, we started reaching out to a lot of similar organizations. And we asked them for support. And then we got a lot of support. Because, yeah, people are willing to help you out there. So you have to just reach out to them, talk to them. Because a lot of organizations do have similar uh, goals and similar mission so we, once we all get together and everyone is supported we can go further yeah what have you a... learned since starting um simply Gen? um what i have learned is there is there are so many issues in this world but at the same time there is youth actively participating to resolve this issue because before I started Simply Chelsea, even I did not have any idea that there are so many people actually trying to do something like this. And when I got to start this and actually talk to people, it felt really, really amazing that there is actually someone doing something and we can all be a part of it in the end. Yeah, that's really, really beautiful. Um what was like the coolest experience or maybe um, the most interesting person you've met through activism or simply Gen Z? Um, <laughs> I, I don't think so, uh, but I have, it's just been a month, so I can't really say a lot, but yeah. we have uh, like talked to um, different organizations and they all are really, really cool. And <laughs> I feel like everyone has a story to tell and everyone is interesting everyone is doing their best so there's not anyone in specific that i would like to say but all the organizations and all the people that i've talked through simply gen z have been really really amazing and they are also very very cool and great yeah that's really that's really great what is your opinion on like the pink tax or the fact that women have to buy their own period products um, I feel like that is very wrong and 
there should not be something like this existing in today's world especially since we are in the 21st generation and still there is a lot of stigma around periods and that really needs to stop and what we can do for this is we can actively support organizations and ngos and and raise our voice and talk about this yeah yeah for sure what do you think about more eco-friendly period products um actually eco-friendly products are really really good and i think that we should all adapt to eco-friendly but unfortunately we uh, some eco-friendly products are really really expensive and in a country like india where women do not even get sanitary napkins so eco-friendly period products are like so far away like women do not even get their regular sanitary pads so it's really really difficult to reach uh, to such women through eco-friendly products but since uh, but the people who have all these resources they can definitely adapt to eco-friendly products and they are a great way to support our environment but at the same time they are also really expensive so we need to look after that as well yeah where would you like to see simply gen z go in the future we would like i would like to see simply gen z uh, growing obviously and then i really want to connect like minded people from gen z and we would also like to start like uh, chapters or something like that in the future so chapters is definitely on our mind and then next making simply gen z a non profit is also on my mind yeah that's really awesome what is your um advice for starting a nonprofit or um a small organization like simply gen z so i don't really have a lot of experience it's just been a month like i said already but to start something like this you have to be really passionate about the cause that you're working from and if you are passionate about something then all the things will fall into place initially when i started even i thought that i did i did not have a good base of followers or an audience as such but it's important to keep going and to be passionate about your cause and everything will happen at its own time i really loved how you worded that yeah that's really great is there anything that you want to say that we haven't yet asked um No, I don't think so. Okay, um I have a few more questions. Um so when starting Simply Gen Z, who were the main people that were by your side and helping you along the way? So when I started Simply Gen Z, like I said, I had my friend. I spoke to this idea. I spoke about this idea to her and she really liked it. So we co-founded it together and initially Uh, our parents supported us a lot so my her parents also my parents also they were like they were pretty happy that we are doing something like this and our family supported us initially and our friends also they were also pretty happy that we were doing something like this so we got all the support from our family and friends wow that's that's really great um What is your biggest advice for starting something with someone and maintaining that healthy relationship? So for me it was really easy because my co-founder and I 
we are friends since childhood it's been like 10 years so we have a really really strong bond and we are we are known we have known each other for a long period of time so it was a little bit easy for us because we always click off but for someone who is starting new i feel like first being friends with that person is important and you have to see whether you agree with that person's opinions or thoughts or not and if you don't agree because it will eventually lead to a lot of problems afterwards so it's important to see that you both have a sim that you both have similar thoughts and that sometimes you agree with each other it's okay if sometimes you disagree but it's important to have like similar vision in mind and similar goals what is like your main vision for simply gen z like um ideally let's say 6 months to a year in the future where do you want to be like what is one thing that you would feel really accomplished if you had gotten done um i feel like once uh, after 6 months we can maybe have a good base of followers or an audience on instagram and other social media platforms and other than that i really want to spread more awareness about a lot of different topics like we already covered menstruation and feminism but there are still a lot of topics that are untouched and i really want to talk about those topics and spread more awareness uh, connect a lot of people bring a lot of people to simply gen z yeah. and oh. educate and empower everyone That's really um that's really amazing. So, what was your biggest struggle when growing the Simply Gen Z audience and how did you kind of overcome that? Initially, like I said, the biggest struggle was about getting an audience. We did not have an audience and how we overcame that was by speaking to a lot of different organizations and also starting post and we also started posting content so once you start posting content and actually start doing something then audience reaches you and that is the way you can grow i feel yeah um that's really awesome is there anything else you want to add that we haven't mentioned i don't think so so no okay that's Great. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um and thank you so much for listening. Um please tune back in for another episode. Um yes, thank you so much. Hi. Welcome back to the Teens Talk podcast. I'm Amber and I'm Georgie. We are being joined by a very special guest today, Zana Martin. Yeah. Um I'm an activist in our community. I try to be involved in as much as possible. I actually met Amber at a climate strike last year. Last year. and i'm also really passionate about music and performing arts that's really great what did your rise into activism look like like what encouraged you to be active in your community um my great grandma was a big influence on me because she was a big activist growing up she used to work um in like unions um so she was a big activist for like women's rights nurses rights um everything like that and she just told me a lot of great stories over the years and just encouraged me to speak up with and use my voice to do good and encouraging my peers to do the same that's really cool what was her name oh my grandma's name is Judy um yeah she used to work for Saskatchewan Union of Nurses she's pretty awesome that's really cool what issues are you passionate about about activism 
Um, I'm really passionate about LGBTQ rights, women's rights. Um, I'm a climate activist. Yeah. Do you want to expand on like why you think those issues are so important? Um, I think it's really important that everybody be treated equally, no matter what their skin color is, their sexual orientation, their gender, anything like that. I think everyone deserves equal opportunities to just be the best they can be. And I'm oh yeah, and I'm really passionate about climate because I think that we need to have a world in the future, a nice planet that we can actually, you know, pass on to our kids and our grandkids that they can live on and do their best on. That was really well said. Um, why do you think you should play an important role in future decision making? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I think it is my opinion that like every vote matters, and I think every teen should start thinking about, you know, what their opinions are and where they stand and how they want to use their vote. Because um, I think everybody has an opinion and that all of them should be heard. Because if we're just listening to, you know, one side of the conversation, we're not going to get a very great outcome. Yeah, I really agree. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Does, like, your current, like, activism issues that you're passionate about do you think that feeds into like what you want to do like when you're older or um absolutely I want to work in law because yeah I'm passionate about doing what's right and I want to be able to have an influence on I guess how that works and whether or not people are being treated fairly yeah what advice do you have to anyone who's listening right now that wants to be involved in something but doesn't really know where to start or what to do? Um, just keep your eye out. Look on social media because I know that the climate strike has their own social media. And just, yeah, reach out to people in your community and don't be scared because it's like really not that scary. The community for, I know, climate strikes is very inviting mm-hmm. and just do whatever you can and don't feel like you have to do more as long as you're trying. Yeah, that was very well put. I know the like, striking community and stuff is very uh, inviting and welcoming. Have you had any, like, negative, like, outside kind of stuff go on? Um, not that I can think of. We've had a couple like anti-protesters at the few rallies that I've been to. Yeah. But everything's been actually like just generally a very positive environment. And you always see my favorite part about going to climate strikes is that when people go up to speak, there's people my age, there's people, there's high school students, there's adults, there's even like some like five, six and seven year olds. And every, yeah, like all Andrages come up and they share their story and why they're there. And it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I know, like, when I'm at the rallies, a really, like, encouraging and inspiring thing is seeing, like, there's, like, a four-year-old who goes up and it's, like, save my planet, and then you have professors um, who study, like, uh, climate science who are talking about, like, the facts and um, how we can help, which is really great. Um, What kind of encouraged you to start public speaking, like, being one of those speakers at the climate strikes? Um, I've always been generally a very I guess opinionated person um I talk a lot (laughs) and um I was I've always been like the kid in class that speaks up or raises my hand first 
public speaking comes pretty naturally to me. And then, um, yeah, I also had a lot of friends who went with me to the climate strike that were didn't want to go up and share their opinion, but they had really strong um, voices and things that they wanted to share. And so I took the opportunity to share my story and their story for them. Um, when I have heard you speak, you're always really good. And one of the things that's always kind of stuck with me is um, how like strongly you believe we should be able to like develop our own futures and not necessarily listen to what is being told by our the adults in our lives. Um, do you want to like elaborate on that? Um, of course. So yeah, that's really important to me. Um, I grew up, my parents are very supportive um, in pretty much anything I do. I'm very blessed in that realm. And I kind of got to make my own boundaries and my voice was always taken into consideration when making choices. And that made me who I am today. And I think it's very important that kids get to do that both in their own lives and just in the world in general, because we have to live in it. Yeah, um, it really is like our future that is being sculpted right now. And um, a lot of the people that are in charge of like deciding um, what's happening are not going to really be alive to see what that future turns out to be. So I really think that um, it's very important that we have a role and that we can speak up with those issues. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you want to talk about that we maybe haven't asked you? Um, I don't think so. I would just say, um, yeah, if you're interested in coming to a climate strike or you want to um, be more present on social media or do anything like that, don't be scared to do it because I know it seems really intimidating um, trying to get into activism and it's not as scary as it seems. Yeah, um, all of the activism communities that I've worked with have been very welcoming and if you are interested in doing something, I really recommend you just like go for it because the worst thing that can happen is that it doesn't work out and if it doesn't work out, that's okay. You can move on to like your next idea or the next thing that kind of pops into your mind. I've had plenty of activism ideas that just didn't really work, but I've learned a lot from those and I've got connected with a lot more people who are passionate about the same things. So um, yeah, I would really recommend that. So um, again, about like the climate issues, what do you do in like your everyday life to try to um, help the climate? Um, we recycle as much as we possibly can, paper products, plastic products, etc. Um, I try to walk to as many places as I can, which is very convenient for me living in cathedral, um, that I could just like walk to my friend's house instead of driving for two minutes for no reason. <laughs> and I also try to um, carpool as much as I can. If all of our friends are going to a climate strike and maybe somebody lives farther away, we'll pick them up rather than, you know, all of us taking five different cars to go to the same place. Yeah, that's really good. Um, do you want to also elaborate on the community surrounding the climate strikes? Like, what kind of people have you met, um, et cetera, I guess? Oh, yeah. So everybody in the climate strike community is, like I said previously, really kind and inviting. I met Amber at one of my first climate strikes. Um, 
yeah, you can pr- go up to, it seems very intimidating, but you can go up to pretty much anyone there and just introduce yourself, ask them why they're here, um, you know, and just have a good, solid conversation with like-minded people. It's, um, yeah, very enjoyable and also kind of helpful if you're kind of confused about what to do next, what your next steps can be. It's um, a great experience. Yeah, the community at Climate Strikes, it's always super welcoming. Um, And everyone there, like, is there for a reason. And even if, like, you're not super passionate about the climate, I just really encourage you to come on out after, of course, quarantine is over. Um, I really do encourage you to come out and just talk to someone new and learn something new because all of the people there, um, not all of them are youth, but the majority of them are. And it's really inspiring to see, um, how many people are like doing everything that they can to make our future a really better place to live in. Have you ever like gone up to somebody and heard something very inspiring from that person that left you speechless or left you kind of... <laughs> Oh, um, so many times. There was, in particular, at um, one of the largest climate strikes, I believe it was in May last year, Amber, I don't know if you remember. Yeah, but we that had, one. Like, the yeah. door of the ledge to the pa- edge of the pa- pavement completely filled. It was amazing. And there was this one student from Martin who came up, and he was so energetic. And um, he shared his story, and he had a couple friends who came from out of town, and their signs were um, Dr. Seuss-based. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, they had the same passion I did, and their wording, they worded everything that they were passionate about really well, and their call to action, I think, um, really affected people in the audience, that other than just me, of course. <laughs> yeah, um, I remember that. They were really amazing. Who besides, like, your grandmother, um, like, maybe some, like, celebrities, or not necessarily celebrities, but, like, what activists have inspired you? Um, obviously, I'm a big fan of Greta, because, um, how can you not? She's just, like, so incredible, and my favorite thing about her is that she takes absolutely no, um, crap from anybody. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She, um, stands her ground, she's firm, she won't um, laugh through the awkwardness and give up her power, which I think is just absolutely incredible. I'm also a big fan of, um, Jamila Jamil from The Good Place. Um, I follow her on Instagram and I also follow her, um, activism page at iWay, which talks about, um, diet culture. Mm -hmm. Uh, her voice is also really powerful and I share a lot of her opinions. Um, do you want to express maybe a little more about how you feel about diet culture and body positivity? Yeah, um, I think that diet culture is such like a weird thing that it even exists and it has a really negative effect on a lot of young girls' images that it just doesn't need to have. Um, I also think that like detox teas and other similar products that are being advertised to get you skinny in 30 days are really unhealthy. And also the fact that there aren't more regulations on those kinds of things is very dangerous because they're just not, they're not only do they not work, but they're also not good for your body. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think that people who exploit young girls insecurities for money, it's just disgusting to me. 
I think that um, we need to stop kind of like focusing around like the diet culture and focus more on like feminism, I guess, because I have never met a girl who has never felt insecure. Like all of us have. It's not um, something that like you're the only one going through. And I feel like often it does feel like you're alone and like you're the only one who's feeling insecure about those things, but everyone is. And I feel like we should focus more around that and focus and like maintaining a community rather than trying to separate everyone based off of things that don't really matter. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you were talking earlier about like LGBTQ plus rights and feminism. Um, like what are some big things that you do to try to um, push those beliefs, I guess? Um, I have been, since it started at my school, a really big part of the GSA. Um, I go to Connaught and we have, one, I believe one of, if not the biggest GSAs in the city. And uh, we host a Pride Week um, every year since the GSA has started where we have different rainbow-based activities. We sell Pride merch supporting local companies like Trans Umbrella. And um, it's been a really generally positive experience. And I've enjoyed um, being a part of planning these sort of things so much. And I believe um, one thing is a lot of people will say that, um, you know, kids are too young or if you introduce kids to these concepts early, they won't understand. And I've seen firsthand that that's just not true. I was in charge of giving the presentations explaining what is pride last year. And I got a couple questions and a couple kids who didn't really get it. But for the most part, everybody understood by the end. Um, they understood why we have pride. They understood the unfair treatment of people who are different and how that's not okay. And they also just enjoyed the fun week that we had planned for them and the rainbows and the music. It was a great time. Yeah. Um, my teacher, Georgie and I's, um, teacher, he is the founder of, or the founder of our, the GSA at our school. And he showed our class a video about what it means to be gender nonconforming. And me and Georgie had to explain a lot of things, not because um, the kids in our class weren't trying to be supportive just because it's such like a foreign concept that really isn't introduced at a young age and I know that people say that it can't that it could be confusing and maybe it could but I think a lot more it could be comforting to the kids that um, don't really know what label to call themselves and um, a label is something that I think is not needed, but it can be very comforting to be able to say, I'm that, and there's other people that are that too. Yeah, really well said, Amber. Um, about feminism, have you done any issues um, for that, I guess? Um, I haven't been involved as much as I would like to with that. I'd say I'm more... Um, <laughs> a bit of a selectivist on that one my goal is to be a bit better there but I do definitely I follow a lot of communities online with that same um idea of like body positivity and that women should be treated equally no matter what the situation not and the really important thing I think with that is that feminism is not the idea 
that women are greater than men and is the idea that women are equal to men and should be treated as such. Yeah, I've heard <laughs> lots of people, um, like when I say openly that I am a feminist, I know that there are lots of people who kind of quickly jump to the, like the, oh, I'm a man, that, does that mean that you hate me? And it's no, not at all. Um, it's just that I believe that we should be equal, which I don't think is too outlandish. Yeah, I Um, so, like, even I recommend with, like, feminism, if you're not, like, getting necessarily involved and you're being a bit of a slacktivist, that is totally okay. I really recommend you just following the like accounts on Instagram or whatever that inspire you and sharing the messages that they um, promote because even just like posting it on your Instagram story or telling a friend about it can really make the world of a difference when like everybody does that. What was your first experience like really early on with activism? Um, oh, that's a hard question. <laughs> I can't remember the first time I, like, did anything, but my first experience with, like, the talk of equality and that, like, not everybody in the world had the same views that I do and that some people think that, like, other people are lesser than them was, um, I watched CNN with my grandma, which is, um, interesting always, but I remember sitting down one day and asking and seeing these images of, like, people that are homophobic or people that are racist and I was just like I asked my grandma I'm pretty sure straight up like why is that a thing why don't they just be nice to other people and she sat me down and explained to me that not everybody thinks the way that we do and not everybody thinks that everybody should be treated the same and little I was probably about six or seven and I was like are you kidding me that's horrifying yeah it is like a pretty scary concept especially when you are so young that um even if you have like the same abilities or even like greater abilities than someone um like when you do get older and like when it comes to employment it could just simply be like the breaking factor is your gender or your race or your sexuality um which is yeah really such a terrible thing and it really divides us so much when we really should just be coming together as a community, as I've said before, um, because those things don't really matter. Like at the end of the day, like you're just kind of like the person that you are on the inside and what's on the outside doesn't really like um, matter too much. Do you... Um, I know that earlier you talked a little bit about, like, mental health. Do you have anything else to say about that? Um, yeah, so that's something that, um, is also really important to me because it affects a lot of people in my life, and, um, I think that the main thing with that is, um, first of all, I'd like to say that I'm very proud that mental health education in schools is getting a lot better. It's slowly but surely getting there, which is really nice to see. But I think that a lot of people think that it doesn't exist or you're making it up or I, you're not bleeding, you're not in any pain. 
you know? Yeah. Yeah, and um, I think that it's not that mental illnesses are more common today, although to a degree they are. It's more so that um, because we talk about them more adolescents, adults, even like people in their like 40s and 50s have the courage to come out and say, I don't think I'm totally necessarily quote unquote normal. And I think that that word in and of itself is just strange that we have a concept of what's normal when everybody's different. And I think that we're getting there on mental health issues, which is great. Um, yes. Also with like what you said about not that it's like more common now, it's just that people aren't afraid anymore to like come out and say it. I feel like that's often said with like um, LGBTQ plus issues is that like, oh, it's just like a trend. It's a passing phase, but it's always been there. It's just now a lot more like opening to be able to say um, to like come out and like with mental health issues. I know a lot of people who are like quite a bit older that have been trying to like hide the fact that they are not normal um and it's really kind of yeah like you said about accepting that no one is um and that that's okay um another thing around mental health um is kind of the belief that is put into our minds from a very young age that therapy and asking for help is like a bad thing um, like you often hear in media, not so much anymore, but I remember like definitely as a child hearing in media about um, like, oh, they're crazy. They had to go to a therapist or something like that. And I think it's also about normalizing, um, asking for help because everybody yeah. needs help sometimes. That That's exactly it. Because I know that um, for me, generally all of the people and I guess you could say my bubble are very accepting and they share a lot of my views but I know sometimes I'll meet someone new and they're a really good person in general but they don't quite share my views they don't quite get it and it's always it really is very surreal and kind of insane to me that there are people that think that it's not okay to ask for help when you're in trouble or that you know you're different. You're not allowed to do this or do that or hang out at my lunch table. And like, yeah, it's crazy to me. Yeah. Um, I think like if someone had like a broken leg, would you tell them, no, you're fine. You don't need to go to the doctor. No, you'd probably rush to their aid and do everything in your power to help that person. And I think that it should be similar to mental health. Not that that person needs to become your whole focus but you should like encourage that person to go and ask for help and like help them in any way to receive that help. Um, what was your first like time that you went to a strike or uh, acted on activism? My first experience would have been about this time last year. Um, one of my really close friends had found out about it through her parents and um, she wanted more people from my school to come, but she's a lot quieter. So she asked me, because like I said, I'm very um, outspoken, to help spread the word. And so um, she made posters and stickers and buttons, and I helped hand them out. 
And the first climate strike we went to, only three or four kids from my class went. But now, on average, at least half of the class is gone. And it's pretty great. Yeah, it's really inspiring how even like just getting a few kids from your school to go really adds up. Because I know when I'm at climate strikes, there's so many Kanak kids there because of um, what you did. So, yeah, I think, like, really what we need to start teaching young children is that you're never too young or too small to make a difference. Um, Because, like, that's what Greta was told, like, most of her life. And look at her now. Like, she's speaking at, like, presidential, like, campaigns and like traveling around the world and like in conversations with like a lot of our world leaders which is pretty like um wild to think about so do you have anything else that you want to add um yeah so i think that we mentioned slacktivism a couple of times i think the the idea surrounding um Slacktivism, for those of you who don't know, is sort of the idea that you're just reposting a picture and never thinking about it again. And maybe you think, oh, yeah, it'd be good if I recycled, but it's not something that you practice in your everyday life. I think that, yeah, slacktivism and just kind of like, or quote unquote, Instagram activism gets a lot of bad rap. And that's, oh, there we go. Perfect. Sorry, I got distracted. So yeah, I think Instagram activism and quote-unquote slacktivism gets a lot of bad rep, but as long as you're mindful of what you are sharing and you take it into consideration, and also that you're sharing from reputable sources with um, valued opinions, then I think that, yeah, there's nothing wrong with reposting something on Instagram or with sending something to a group chat and being like, hey, this is really, this is a really cool movement. Yeah, I feel like that often gets um, a lot of, like, a bad rep because um, for most people it seems like you're not actually doing anything to address that problem. But I think, like, the biggest power that the youth today have is our voice and that we are able to go online and say something and have it really make a difference. And I really like to take advantage of that and share as much as I can about the issues that I'm passionate about because um, that really can make such a big difference, even if you're just sitting on your couch, um, like sharing something that you got sent from like a group chat. Well, thank you for um, coming and being interviewed. It was a lot of fun. And I hope that um, we can do this again. Thank you for listening. Okay, well, I'll see you next episode. And yes, thank you.